Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Happy Monday to you. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mastro Donato, longtime sports reporter and Red Sox columnist at the Boston Herald. Red Sox had a great weekend. No losses, three wins against the Baltimore Orioles. You know, what what you expect, what you expect to happen. Not necessarily always what does happen, but what you expect to happen. But there were some interesting things from this weekend's games that we're going to talk about on today's show. The theme of today's show for me is, what have we learned, what haven't we learned? We still have two weeks left. We have a few games that are still pretty important. And 9-11 games against teams that really aren't playing well. Uh, what do we have yet to learn? And what have we learned over, about the Red Sox in the last, well, specifically this weekend, but really the last week or two as they get ready for this playoff push? That's going to be the theme of today's show. What have we learned? What haven't we learned? So we're going to dig into that. This, this episode is brought to you by the Locked On MLB podcast. If you're interested in big picture national MLB storylines, it's a great podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan, Sully for short host that one so you can check that out the locked on mlb podcast so my big takeaway and we'll start with the final out of sunday's game of what we're learning about this red sox team right now the final out because garrett richards is starting to look like something in the ninth inning here and and granted that was his third save it's not like we've seen him a ton in these situations and his two previous saves were three inning you know, shut the door in a game that was pretty much already handled situation. But what we're seeing from him out of the bullpen has been incredible. And it's not just the numbers, which are there. I'll read those numbers to you. He's got a 0.87 ERA. He's got 28 strikeouts and 20 in a third innings. And uh, he's allowed two earned runs. He's allowed zero home runs. So Garrett Richards is dominating. Um, but Sunday's outing, I was really impressed with because it's a two run game granted against the Orioles. I know we have to keep saying it against the Orioles who have 47 wins. And if they don't win another game, by the way, I know like, you know, they're probably gonna, but if they don't win another game, they'll end up as one of the 25 worst teams in major league history. So just something to keep an eye on as the Orioles limp into the off season. But nevertheless, it was a two run game. The Red Sox had already blown it in the seventh and then had to come back and get on top of the Orioles again in the bottom of the inning. And they needed it. You know, they needed they needed to end. Like, if they blew this game in the ninth, who cares they won two out of three? I mean, that momentum lost. Momentum completely lost. So they needed this. And Richards comes in. His first four pitches to Ryan Mountcastle, who's an incredible young player. By the way, I think Mountcastle's going to have a nice career in Baltimore. First 30 home run rookie Baltimore Orioles hitter ever. He passed Cal Ripken Jr., for most homers by an Orioles rookie. So this is a tough hitter that Richards comes in out of the bullpen to face in a two-run game, throws him a fastball off the plate. Next three pitches, you got you to gotta find the, the highlights. Next three pitches, slider, 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 outside corner, dots the corner in the exact same spot, three pitches in a row, strikes out Mountcastle, gets the next two guys out on four pitches. Here's a fastball, nope, here's a changeup, out. Here's a fastball, nope, here's a curveball, out. Game over. Eight pitches. Garrett Richards gets a save. Is there anybody in this bullpen you'd rather have close games right now than Garrett Richards? Because I don't think there is. 
I don't know that I could give you one name of somebody I'd rather have close games right now. I mean, usually Garrett Whitlock, usually, uh, but he's injured. He left. He left the game early on on Sunday with right pectoral soreness. So that's never good. And it was Rafael Devers actually at third base who noticed the injury because Whitlock didn't say anything apparently, according to Alex Cora. It was Devers who noticed the injury and alerted the team, and, and Whitlock did not go back out for the seventh inning. They had to bring in Sawamura, who's been pretty bad since he came back from COVID. And uh, another guy who just came back from COVID, Matt Barnes pitched on Saturday pretty bad. You know, and Barnes admitted it. I mean, obviously, he, he hasn't pitched in a while. He's not going to be his best. But when you're trying to figure out the last few innings and who you're going to go to, you know, granted, Barnes struck out two. It ended up being a scoreless outing on Saturday. It just took him 28 pitches to get there. And again, against the Orioles, not inspiring a lot of confidence. And before he had gone out, by the way, it had been almost three weeks since he had pitched. And before he had gone out, he had been pretty terrible. He had allowed 10 runs in his last six outings. He had blown two saves. He had taken three losses. I mean, he was not reliable. So it's going to be really interesting to see who the closer is going to be. When we get down to the final game or two and, and you start wondering who's going to close games in the playoffs. And maybe they never find one. Maybe it's just one where it's a constant rotation of pitchers who are pitching well in that week or who match up well against that team or who just look confident that day and Cora decides to go to him. Who knows? I think right now, if you had to pick right now, I, I go to Garrett Richards. I still like Whitlock in the multi-inning role. You know, you could get some big outs in the fifth or sixth inning. I just like having a veteran in the ninth, you know? Do you really want a rookie in the ninth? It's not that Whitlock hasn't done it. I think he's done it a couple times this year. It's not that he doesn't look like a guy who can do it. It's just, do you want a rookie in the ninth inning of a playoff game? That's a tough one. And I know Richards hasn't closed games in the playoffs either, but this is a guy who's been around the block. And there's just something about him, like, I always say it takes a little bit of crazy to be a closer. You got to be a little crazy. Just like, you know, if you're going to be a goalie in hockey or in soccer, you got to be a little bit crazy. I think you got to be a little bit crazy to be a closer in baseball. Just a little bit. You got to like that intensity and the emotion of it. And, and you know, 37,000 people in Fenway on their feet and screaming. And it just seems like Garrett Richards is the kind of crazy that would be a nice ninth inning guy he's just you know this is a guy who by the way went down angrily into the bullpen it's not like he was demoted to the bullpen said oh yes sir and just jotted down there and you know singing a song and whistling on his way to the bullpen you know this is a guy who to the very end was saying i'm a starting pitcher defiant he was starting to get mad at us the reporters for asking him questions you know, the, the final three or four starts he had before he got demoted, he was getting mad at us. He's like, you guys are making this a story. I'm in the rotation. This isn't a storyline. And then sure enough, Alex Cora kicks him out of the rotation, sends him to the bullpen, and you think, man, is are they going to have to release this guy? Is he even going to accept this role? Is he just going to be back there? Ah, oh, I'm a starting pitcher. Why am I here? You know, but he's been phenomenal. you got to give him credit. His velocity's up three miles an hour from average which is huge when you're going from 95 to 98 all of a sudden. You know, his spin rate's been down since the sticky stuff cracked down. We know that. But his slider's become a nice pitch now. If he doesn't have to be a starter, he doesn't have to work in other pitches, he could just use the slider-fastball combination with the changeup here and there. Still not really throwing that curveball, but he looks good. He looks good in the ninth inning. So I think that's one thing we learned this this weekend 
Garrett Richards is someone, at least for now, you can trust him. You can trust him in these in these close games. He's a guy I'd feel pretty comfortable to going in the ninth inning. Uh, other spots in the bullpen. What we haven't learned when we're talking about the bullpen. Where was Adam Adovino this weekend, by the way? I mean, he pitched in Seattle, but, I mean, where was he? He was missing. Adam Adovino was MIA from the series, and it's not like every game was a blowout. So that was a little confusing to me. I asked Alex Cora after the game if Adovino was okay. You know, wasn't sure if he was hurt. He said, no, Adam's fine. He's okay. Okay, didn't get an explanation further than that. He had pitched twice in Seattle, but he hadn't pitched. I mean, they were off on Thursday. He didn't pitch all series. And so, you know, is is there something wrong with him? Did he need a few days off? Is there, you know, there was the comments where Adovino said he was getting pretty irritated with the guys on his team who aren't vaccinated and there's an outbreak and it's affecting everybody else. Um, you know, is that, is, is he not pitching in protest? Like, what is happening here? We don't know. That'll be an interesting storyline to watch. Or maybe it was just as simple as Core didn't want to use him. Just want to give him some rest. We'll see. You know, how good is Matt Barnes going to be? Is he going to get a job? Is it going to be a sixth inning job, a seventh inning job? Is he going to get his ninth inning job back? That's a question. How long will Whitlock be out? And does Tanner Houck end up being a multi-inning reliever? Probably, because you might need to start him in a, in a five-game series, right? Maybe go with Erod. I kind of like the idea of having Erod in the bullpen, have another lefty out there, gives you another look, gives you some length. Prefer to have Tanner Houck in the rotation, me personally, in a five-game series, but we'll see. So they've got some options in the bullpen now. Again, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think Alex Cora doesn't get enough credit for how well he does managing a bullpen. There's not a lot of talent in this bullpen, in my opinion. I don't think there's a lot of talent back there, and Cora seems to get it done. I mean, the bullpen ERA in the last month, incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible the work that they've done in the bullpen over the last month. They have a 3.85 ERA over the last month, which is 11th in baseball. Okay, pretty good. But consider that half their bullpen was on the freaking COVID list that entire time. I mean, that's incredible. And look at it since they started that road trip in Chicago. They went to Chicago, Seattle, came back home in Baltimore. They've got a 185 bullpen ERA in that time. So the bullpen's been really good. So we're going to keep this conversation going about what we learned, what we haven't learned about this team yet in the final two weeks coming up in the second segment. So stick around for that. We are brought to you by DirecTV Stream. It is the new streaming platform of choice. It's gaining a lot of steam. You're seeing the commercials every week during the NFL games, and there's a reason why. It's because it gives you everything you need in one spot. You get your live TV, you get your sports, you get your other TV shows, you get your movies, you got your on-demand favorites. It's all together in one bunch. Stop looking for multiple login informations or trying to get your friends to give you a login for one thing and sharing your login with another one. You don't have to do that. You don't have to juggle everything. It's all in one at DirecTV Stream. It's a new new thing that they've got going on. You got to check it out at directtv.com. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Go to directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hey, Red Sox fans, this is Jason Mastrodonato, your host with an incredible app everybody who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. So if you download the app, it's called Get Upside in the App Store or Google Play. You could use promo code BASEBALL 
and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up up to 50 cents cash back so don't pay full price for gas at the pump anymore get the get upside app and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank People who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your bank account. You can cash out anytime on PayPal. You can get an e-gift card, an Amazon card. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code Baseball. Get fifty cents a gallon cash back in your first tank, and you make sure you use the promo code Baseball in the Get Upside app. All right, welcome back. We're talking about the Red Sox and. What have we learned? What haven't we learned with two weeks to go? I know one thing for me that we haven't learned that I think is pretty pressing is who's going to play second base on this team. We still don't know. And it's a shame that they didn't get Jose Iglesias seven days earlier, isn't it? I mean, they pick him up on September 6th. I love this guy. He's just one of those players for me. I will always think he's underrated. You know, (laughs) unless he goes out and signs like a $30 million contract this winter and then stinks. I'm going to argue that he's underrated probably for the rest of his career. He is truly one of the best defenders I've ever seen in my 11 years covering the Red Sox. I, I don't know if I've seen a better infielder, a smoother infielder, who can not only make every single routine play, but who makes some of the most ridiculous plays I've seen on defense. And listen, I know there's been some really good shortstops that have come through the American League. You know, Andrelton Sim- Simmons stands out to me as one of the best I've seen. But Jose Iglesias, when it comes to style, too, I mean, he's just so stylish out there. And I don't always give points for style in baseball. It's not necessarily a stylish game. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. That's a stylish game. I give you points for style in soccer. Baseball, you don't really need a lot of style. He's got style. But it's not just that. I mean, he's played phenomenal. He hadn't really played second base before until he came to the Red Sox. He had one career start at second base. Until he came to the Red Sox. And by the way, also that start was with the Red Sox eight years ago. So he goes eight years without playing second base. Comes to the Red Sox and they're like, hey, play shortstop for us while Bogarts is on the DL. Yep, no problem. Three games, no errors, beautiful shortstop. Hey, can we? Can you go play second base where you've never played before? Sure. You made an error the other day, but I mean, this guy's been pretty much nails over there. He's fantastic. He shored up a position that they needed. You know, he turns double plays so smoothly. And, by the way, he's crushing the ball. He entered Sunday hitting 407 with an OPS over 1,000 in his 11 games. Had another nice game Sunday. This guy, it's really too bad he's not eligible to be on the postseason roster. It's just too bad they got him on September 6th. you got to be on the roster by August 31st. Otherwise, or you don't even have to be on the roster. I think you have to be in the organization in order to be eligible for the playoffs. He was not. So what do they do at second base? I think they're going to ride it out with Iglesias at least for the next week or two. I mean, Christian Arroyo's due back sometime this week. He was rehabbing with Worcester on Sunday. It's the last game of the minor league season, so that's it for them. I'm guessing Arroyo might come back on Tuesday. Guessing. Um, Does he just go right into playing second base again? I mean, what if he's not really sharp? I mean, every game matters right now. I understand you got to get Arroyo ready for the playoffs. If he's going to be your second baseman in the playoffs, you got to get him going. He needs reps out there, no question. But what if you're losing these games? I mean, what if he's out there making errors and going 0 for 4? You know, you got a guy in Iglesias who's been fantastic. You got to win these games to get to the playoffs. So I think that'll be something to watch is how do you ride that line right now between keeping your lead in the wild card? You know, as of recording this, the Red Sox are one up on Toronto, two and a half up on the Yankees. So 
currently scheduled to host Toronto in the wildcard game October 6th, two days after the season ends, will be uh, the wildcard game at Fenway Park if the season ended right now. So do you press it? Press your luck. Just get Arroyo in there. Hey, we need reps. Let's see what you got. I think I think they'll probably split it up a little bit. I think they'll play Arroyo half the time, see how he's doing. You know, Glacius will probably cool off, not getting every day at bats anyways, and you just kind of give the job to Arroyo. But you got to see how he plays. I mean, what if he's terrible out there? Then what do you do? Do you move Kike back in from center? Do you move Verdugo back to center field? That didn't work. So they're really all in on Christian Arroyo at this point. Uh, I don't know that they have a better option than him, even if he stinks, even if he's cold as ice when he comes back. Or, you know, they said he had a really, they didn't give us details. They just said COVID kicked his butt. It, he had a really hard time with it. He's been out the longest. He got it the day after Kike on August 27th. And he's been out since then. So it, COVID kicked Christian Arroyo's butt. Now he's got to come back and play second base. That's a question that the Red Sox need to answer. Who's the second baseman going to be? What we have learned is they don't want Kike at second base. The clear defensive alignment of preference for Alex Cora right now, Verdugo on left, Kike Hernandez in center, Hunter Renfro on right. You know, you could bet all your money that's probably going to be the starting outfield for the wild card game. Unless there's a lefty on the mound, in which case Kyle Schwarber is probably going to be in left field. Bobby Dahlbeck's going to be at first base. I mean, Cora put it pretty flatly on Sunday. He said, Schwarber's not playing because Bobby needs to play. I mean, Kyle Schwarber played once all weekend. <laughs> Crazy. You acquire this guy at the trade deadline. He's your big trade deadline acquisition. Acquisition. He, he doesn't even play uh, in a three-game series. He plays once <clears throat> with two weeks left. So we've learned that Cora doesn't want to mess with the outfield unless he has to to keep Dahlbeck in the lineup against lefties. Here's a question. Who starts the wild card game? You know, my co-host Lauren Campbell and I have debated this a little bit, but I think it's going to be a constant debate until the end. Is it Nathan Evaldi? Is it Chris Sale? Because Evaldi's been the ace all year. I think a lot of people are saying, hey, this guy carried us all year. You know, he leads the American League in war. He's He hasn't been hurt, which is a shot. I mean, knock on wood, wherever you are, give it a knock right now that he hasn't been hurt. He hasn't missed a start. This is going to be perhaps the best season of his career. I think it is the best season of his career. And we can talk about that contract that he signed and how everyone thought, including... I forgot what I wrote at the time, actually, about that contract. I think I wrote that it was just something you had to do. You couldn't let the guy go. Yeah, you overpaid a little bit, but you know you, do, you just do that sometimes. Sometimes you just have to overpay to get the guy. And I think that's what they did with Nathan Navaldi. They overpaid to get the guy. And it's working out. I mean, he's making $17 million this year. If you're the, I think the last time I checked, he had five war, which means he's like a $50 million player. So he's certainly worth, you know, he can miss the entire season next year. And he's probably worth, he's probably worth this contract based on the way he carried this team this year. I mean, where would they be without Nathan Navaldi? Let's be real. They're not in the playoffs. No question about it. They, they might not even have bought at the trade deadline. They might've had to sell. You have Noah Valdi. If he would have gotten hurt like we all thought he was going to because he always does get hurt, and this is why I picked this team <clears throat> to win 74 games this year. Because I thought Evaldi and or Richards, probably both, would get hurt. And then it have the rotational depth to survive. And so this team would be dead without Evaldi. So I get the argument for Evaldi in the, in the wildcard game. You know, reward the guy. He's carried you all year. He's the ace of this team this year. Arguably the ace of the American League this year. However, I just I just think Chris Sale's got to get the start. 
he's I mean, who's the guy who's like giving pump up speeches in the locker room and in the dugout and you know, who's the guy who's answering all the questions on behalf of the team and who's the guy who's the Cy Young winner? Who's the guy that just has swag, you know? And and I I I could I understand the argument for both sides. I really do. This is just my choice. I would go to Chris Sale. See what you got. If he doesn't got it that day, and he even said it on Saturday. Or was it Friday, rather, after his start. He said, my velocity's day-to-day at this point. I don't know what I'm going to get. You know, I'm still coming back from Tommy John. I'm coming back from COVID again. I don't know what I'm going to have until I'm out there. He wasn't throwing hard in his most recent start. He only struck out two. Uh, and he said it's a day-to-day thing to see what his velocity is at. So I like the idea of starting him in the wild card game and just keep an eye on it. If his velo isn't there, if he's kind of struggling, if it's a grind, go to Vivaldi. I, I just I like I like having him on the mound. I like the team's attitude when they know Chris Sale's on the mound today. That there's just a winning attitude. And at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter. As soon as one struggles, they're going right to the next guy. You know, unless it's I can't even remember if, if the Blue Jays hit lefties or righties, but I know the Rays really struggle against lefties, but that wouldn't be till the division series. Then you want sale on the mound as much as possible because the Rays don't hit lefties very well. I'll have to look it up to see the Blue Jays. I can't remember if they hit lefties or righties well. But that's you know, that's a debate I think we'll have right up until the end of the season. Who's pitching better at the time? Who instills more confidence? Who's it gonna be? The Blue Jays hit righties and lefties equally. So, okay. So, you know, that's something to consider. Who do you who do you trust more? I just for me it's Chris Sale. I, I give it to Chris Sale. I can see the argument either way. So that's what we've learned so far. That's what we still have left to learn. There's some other things there. I mean, who's the starting catcher? Pluecki Vasquez. That's a tough call. You know, what's the bullpen pecking order? How do you use Tanner Houck? We still got a few things to figure out in the final couple weeks here. Uh, Coming up in our third segment, I've got an unpopular opinion for you, and then we'll end the show. So stick around for that. We are brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is my favorite on-the-go snack. If you're trying to avoid all the sugar, which I constantly am, I just am like terrified I'm going to become a diabetic. I eat too much sugar. I got a sweet tooth. If you just want some protein and some some energy and you're on the go, Built Bar is the choice. There's only four or five grams of sugar. Compare it. You know, Next time you're in the grocery store, take a look at the Built Bars, flip around the package, look at everything next to it, and see how much sugar is in each one of them. Built Bar has the least sugar. Uh, so if you're trying to avoid your sugar like me and you're trying to get some energy, Built Bar is the way to go. Get your protein, get your energy, and get the 15% off locked on discount if you use the promo code LOCKED15. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your order. You can even get the mix box, you get two of each flavor. So it's built.com, 15% off your order, promo code LOCKED15. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the show. I've got an unpopular opinion for you. You're not going to like it. That's why it's the unpopular opinion segment. I'm sorry. This is an unpopular one. But if I was the Yankees, I'd be complaining right now. I'd be complaining. Because two months ago, Kike Hernandez was complaining. He was complaining that it wasn't fair that the Red Sox had to come back from the All-Star break one day sooner than everyone else to play the Yankees, ESPN's Thursday Night Baseball, right out of the All-Star break, one day early. Kike said it's not fair. It's not fair to the guys who are flying across the country. They only, they need these days off. 
And he said, but hey, MLB likes money and Red Sox Yankees makes money. Let there be money. And so Kike was upset that the Red Sox had to play one day sooner than everyone else after the All-Star break. All right, let's flash forward to today, shall we? It is Monday, September 20th, and the Yankees haven't had a day off since September 2nd. They're 6-11 and in their 19, sorry, 17 games in 17 days. Uh, did I do that math right? Yeah, because September 2nd was an off day, and now September tw- it's September 20th. So, yeah, they're 6-11 and in 17 games. Um, they haven't had an off day. They will finish the season with 29 games in 31 days. The Yankees are grinding it out to finish this season, and they're falling apart, no question about it. Garrett Cole blew it in, in uh, the Sunday game against the Indians, pitched terribly, gave up seven runs. Now the Yankees are behind the eight ball with two weeks left to play, and not a lot of rest coming up for the Yankees. You know who's getting a whole lot of rest right now? You know who's sleeping real nice? The Red Sox. The Red Sox had an off day on Thursday. Then they played three games against the worst team, one of the worst teams in baseball history. Then they have an off day on Monday. Then they'll play two games against the Mets. And uh, then they have an off day on Thursday. Another one. Why not? Then they play three games against the Yankees. And then guess what they do? Then they're off again on Monday. The Red Sox are getting 98 hour, 96 hours of rest in 12 days. In a 12-game span in the most important stretch of the season where teams are grinding it out right now, where rest is everything. You got to get your bullpen ready to go for the playoffs. You got to line up your rotation. Guys are hurting this time of year. They always say nobody's 100% in September and October. Nobody. The most important time of the year, you know who's getting rest? The Red Sox. The Red Sox are getting a lot of rest. Four off days in 12 days for the Red Sox. And most of these games are against terrible teams. Three against the Orioles, two against the Mets. Then they have that three-game series against New York. That's really their only difficult part of the schedule left, and that's in Boston, by the way. And then they finish with the cookie, the cookie schedule: six games, three against the Orioles, three against the Nationals. This, I mean, they the Red Sox are set right now. You know, it's really amazing to think that Kike Hernandez was complaining earlier in the season. And uh, so, if I'm the Yankees right now, I'm complaining. Hey, we had to we had to play in that All Star game too. How come our end of the season isn't easy? How come we've got 29 games in 31 days and we're falling apart right now and the Red Sox have four off days in 12 days? So I know that's unpopular. Boston fans aren't going like to like to hear it, but it's the truth. It's the truth. The Yankees got screwed with this part of the schedule. And, uh, you know, nobody's feeling sorry for anybody. In reality, I don't want anybody to complain. You know, this is baseball. It all evens out. And earlier in the season, the Yankees had some off days. The Red Sox didn't have. It all evens out. I think this is particularly kind. I don't think I've ever seen a schedule with four off days and 12 days in the final three weeks of the season. I think it's, as a matter of fact, I'm almost certain I've never seen that. Because this is crazy, and, and there are more off days than ever before in baseball right now. But it's been a gift. It's been an absolute gift. And I think the Red Sox knew it. They just had to survive that difficult stretch in August and the early early September and and get to the easy part of the schedule, which they did. They survived. And now they're in prime position going into the wild card game. So we always end the show on a positive note. And I think that's what we'll end with. This team's in good shape. I don't think the Red Sox are going to miss the playoffs. I've been saying it for a couple weeks now. I know there was a time where they looked dead and I thought they were dead. Um, But you look at it right now and, and how do they miss the playoffs? I mean, 
they're two and a half up on the Yankees. They still have three left against the Yankees. The only way they miss the playoffs is if the Yankees sweep them. And the Yankees, this grind that they're on, are they're able to survive and they come into Boston and they sweep the Red Sox. Well, now we now we got something else going on. But I just don't see how the Red Sox miss the playoffs now. I mean, they still got three more against that Orioles team that really is pathetic. I mean, it's it's they've got some good offensive players, don't get me wrong. But the pitching staff, I mean, the guy they started on Sunday had a nine ERA. Um, you know, and <laughs> it was funny because he was he was giving up he was bleeding runs to the Red Sox while Zach Wilson was throwing interceptions to the Patriots. And it was like, has there ever been an easier day for the Red Sox and Patriots in the same day than on Sunday with Zach Wilson? And uh, I forgot the guy's name who was pitching for the Orioles that the Red Sox knocked around. So that's the positive way we're going to end the show today. The Red Sox are in great shape. They get an off day on Monday. They got the Mets coming to town. The Mets have lost five in a row. They're done. They're cooked. Season's over. They'll probably be resting people. They're not going to push it at this point. The Mets are done. So this is it. The Red Sox can't blow this, can they? Two against the Mets. Another off day. Three against the Yankees. Another off day. Six against the Orioles and Nationals. This has got to be a playoff team. and there's There's really something wrong if the Red Sox can't finish this. So that's our show today. Thanks so much for listening. If you are mad at me for my unpopular opinion, reach out on Twitter at jmastrodonato. You can read my articles, my columns in the Boston Herald, or you can check them out on bostonherald.com. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Subscribe to the show. It definitely helps us out. It means a lot if you can subscribe um, or just leave a quick review. Let us know. Just hit hit the stars, however many stars you think we deserve. We appreciate it. Come back on Tuesday for another show. I think Lauren, my co-host, will be back for that one. And uh, follow her on Twitter. You can follow her, Lauren Campbell. You can follow the Locked on Red Sox account. She tweets from there a lot. And uh, that'll be it. We'll see you on Tuesday. We're brought to you by the Locked on Bets podcast. If you are the betting type, if you're into the gambling, this is the place to get your advice. The Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You'll get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and, of course, the lock of the day. So follow the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.